Hi, everyone, and welcome to Honey, I'm Home, Australia's first ever beekeeping podcast, which I didn't work out until we'd already published the first season of this. So. And we're on TV. So. Yeah, and we're on TV, and we got to say it, so that was amazing. <laughs> tell us tell us a bit of, well, how have you been, Ben? I haven't spoken to you on a podcast for a while. I've been good. I've been um, beekeeping and keeping myself busy. <laughs> no, actually, we're um, we're expecting our second child, so if I don't mention that now, I'm sure that'll come back to haunt me. So uh, after this, I've got to rush home and get the, the baby room ready. Yeah. So. And so Ben, Ben and I today are uh, up the far east coast of Australia, um, not quite in Queensland, which I keep going to say all the time. <laughs> um, but Ben, who are we with today? Well, we might throw over to the girls. Girls, would you like to introduce yourself and just tell us a little bit about where we're sitting and uh, why we've come this far up the coast? <laughs> I'm looking at them. I think neither of them wants to jump in first. <laughs> We might start with Bianca because she answered the phone when I called. Yeah. Hello, my name's Bianca. Um, I I run a little local beekeeping business helping beginner beekeepers fulfill their dreams and learn all about the wonderful world of bees. And I also work for Flow Hive. Um, and Ben gave me a call because I've only started beekeeping about three and a half years ago and I've just fully taken the bait and obsessed. And, and then Janine is a great friend of mine and... I'll let her. Yeah. <laughs> um, my name's Janine, and I am a permaculturist. Um, I started, yeah, sort of around the same time as Bianca actually into this world about four years ago, and became obsessed. It's my total life's passion. It's everything I do, and I just love it. And we're in the Harvest Gardens in Yuri Bar today, and I look after the property here. Um, I have been working towards more natives, more bee-friendly plants, lots of flowers, but then also the other side to making that work, the compost, the chickens, the all those things that make it become a garden. So um, bees just fit in perfectly with what I do. And luckily enough, Bianca's here and we get to work together now and have the same clients and help people fulfill both those needs. And it's also a dream of mine to become more knowledgeable as Janine is in the gardening. Yeah. And same with me, with bees. So <laughs> yeah. we're learning from each other yeah. all the time, which is really amazing. And we're able to troubleshoot together. Yeah. Yeah. Last week I had, I went down, looked at the beehive. Oh my God, they're flying around. What's happening? And I was so scared they were swarming or something was going wrong. And I quickly sent Bee a video and she's like, no, no, don't worry. That's a really good thing. Yeah. The, the hive is healthy. This is what they're doing and explained it. And Vice versa, I get a lot oh. of plant questions yeah. and it's what awesome. What should I plant for the bees? What do I do with my compost? Um, yeah, it never ending. <laughs> no, it's great. And the, the garden we're sitting in today is, is beautiful. So congratulations to you both. Like this is li Thanks. literally like a postcard. Yeah, <laughs> it's pretty sweet up here. It's a nice spot. Yeah. So tell us a little bit more about, you know, your journey with bees. You know, obviously because you both came from a different, you know, non-bee background, to put it one way. How, how did you get involved? I didn't know anything about bees, and then I just got a job at Flowhive. Um, <laughs> that was amazing. Please hire me. <laughs> yeah, I just kind of landed in it, um, and thank goodness I did. Um, and since then, I've just yeah run with it. I've just immersed myself, and I'm kind of in a really privileged position. And um, yeah, I just love. I've just learned, been introduced to the world of bees, and have become obsessed. Yeah, and I actually got a job as a barista at Harvest about five years ago because I was traveling and doing lots of things and trying lots of different jobs and 
I was always searching for that job that didn't feel like a job. I didn't believe I had to work nine to five, Monday to Friday, look forward to the weekends, hate Mondays, have to, like, it just, that didn't ever make sense to Mm. me. And so I was always searching, always searching, got a job here. And the other amazing gardener, Rachel, who works here, she, I was like, who are you? What are you doing? How is this your life? I was just totally transfixed on the idea that this was going to be me. And then I pestered her enough. She let Mm. me start working in the garden with no experience, no knowledge, I started studying permaculture at the Byron Bay Community College and it all just went from there and now it's like, yeah, it's like, how have I not always done this? Well, (laughs) just bring us back a little bit. So um, Jai's mentioned and you've mentioned that we're sitting in the garden. How does this work with the restaurant that is Harvest at Newry Bar? Yeah, so there's a restaurant, deli and bakery here. Um, and it sits nestled amongst um, permaculture gardens and a food forest behind us. Um, there's also chickens and ornamental gardens. Um, whatever I grow here and whatever I can take to the restaurant, they'll use and they incorporate it within their menu. So the menu changes all the time. They use only seasonal produce, locally sourced produce. Everything is sort of within a few Ks of wow. here is what's used here and lots of native ingredients. So there's a full-time forager that works here as well and we just work together. Forager? What's a, it? Forager. a forager. So he goes out and sources native plants, local plants, what's in season, flowers, nuts, all these things. He's incredible. He's a magician, science man. Um, <laughs> and so I learn from him and try and grow stuff here. Um, and obviously the more native stuff, I can grow in the garden also helps the native bees, which we have a few native hives in the harvest garden, as well as two flow hives. Um, and it all just means things work better. You plant right. native, you mm. plant local, they work. You don't need to put so much effort into them. And that's what you want. You want some places in the garden that you're really putting effort into and sort of curating and then other parts of the garden that are looking after themselves and the bees go there and they know there's flowers and there's, you don't need to do anything. Um, and because bees know where food is, they tell each other through their little wiggle dances. Um, <laughs> That's they, science they, behind yeah, it. Yeah, wiggle, the wiggle <laughs> dance. Um, yeah, so they use whatever I can give them, um, but I pretty much have autonomy here. I just grow whatever's in season, whatever looks good. I try and showcase that permaculture doesn't need to be a big, weedy, crazy yep. mess. It can be quite refined yeah. and you can have some structure to it, but it can also demonstrate those principles of interplanting, companion planting, um, those things that you learn through permaculture, but um, are done in a bit of a more structured way. Just, yeah. just on that, B, if you don't mind me calling you that, that sounds really cool. Um, <laughs> B, at what point did you get involved with the hives out here? Was it something that, was there a problem that you were trying to solve or was it just a natural expansion of the permaculture? What was the, what was the goal? What was the objective with the hives? Uh, Janine contacted me um, just asking for support. And I believe you only had one hive here, which yeah. is a flow hive and someone hadn't had a look inside for a while so I was like yeah happy to help so I came over had a look I actually split the colony not long after all right now they've got two thriving colonies um yeah and that's it yeah cool so it was just a natural expansion of this garden um just making it more 
just appealing to the public to be able to come and see different things working. Because yep. what I am trying to create here is kind of a harmonious environment where it all makes sense. So all the scraps from the restaurant goes to the compost and then that compost goes to the soil. We grow the flowers, it feeds the bees. The flowers die, we put them in the compost. We've got the chickens, they do the eggs. Blah, blah, blah. Yeah, yeah. All Cl- the parts. A closed loop. Exactly, yeah, yeah. a closed loop. And yeah. the bees just totally make sense to have in the garden with that. Um, but I didn't know anything about bees or how to keep them or anything. Find a friend. Mm. And going back to mine and Janine's sort of little cute relationship where like just help each other out. And so Janine is constantly answering my questions and actually refers my business a lot with her business. And yeah, it's yeah. great. So you're, the business being like a, um, uh, like a mentor kind of beekeeper or do you do hive hosting or? No, it's all um, mostly yeah, mentorship or getting people started. So a lot of people who buy flow hives and looking for support or, and they are happy to have me over and um, look at their yard and give like consult on the best location and where they don't have any idea. So I just start from the beginning and walk yep. them straight through and just that support and that never-ending resource of help and support that I can offer and face-to-face and yeah it's a lot of getting to know them and, and me understanding their purpose or what their intention is with the hive to help fulfill that um, but yeah my clients do vary quite a lot because it's quite daunting yeah you know course, you're like oh yeah. my god I've got this colony and what am I doing yeah. so it just so many questions yeah I have a lot of clients I help people do permaculture gardens at their place yeah. as well and bees just fit hand in hand with it. So I go there and set them up with a garden and all mm. the flowers and they're like, honey, these <laughs> hives, we want that. And then honey. I get Bianca in because she's so amazing at it. And I do a coaching advice mentorship thing with the garden and she does that with the bees. And it just, to yeah. have two people to answer questions, it just helps clients just feel We've got this. Yeah. We can do it. We're doing the right thing. So is there a sequence you run people who are new to this through? Like is there, you know, do, have, you, have you got it down to like three or five steps or is it more complicated than that? Is it really bespoke on their personality and what they want out of this and their space or? Is that for bees? B- both really. Like now knowing how intertwined they are, the question definitely was going to be around bees, yeah. you know, what's your one, two, three there? But Well, that's a good question. Yeah. Um. Oh, God. I, I don't really think about it, but I think I would over more time reflect and see a sequence or patterns but I just get to know them yeah as I said understand do they want to learn how to become a beekeeper or do they want me to do it and if it's they want to learn and I just ask their experience and I I go from there and and then another as that evolves part of um developing a bee-friendly garden is also really important and that's where I would um, I'd give them some tips because I've got an interest to support bees yeah. through mm. their environment um, and food, of course. But I also uh, yeah, resort to um, Janine for support as well if they're looking for that extra support. Really cool. And, w- and what about you, Janine? Like, similarly, you know, with setting up permaculture, like, yeah. it, again, that sounds daunting. Yeah. You, know, so you said that, I'm like, yeah, that, that sounds hard. Yeah. Like, it's not, I'm not just having a garden. Mm. And like, you know, well, what's, what are the sequence or what are the steps that you kind of run, you know, new, you know, new clients through? Well, I do the same as B. I ask them um, how much they actually want to do it. And yeah. what a big thing for me is I don't work for people. I work with people yep. because there's no point in me going and doing this awesome garden and them calling me six months later going, it's dead. <laughs> yeah. What did you do? What What's wrong? Yeah. 
and then I've got to redo it again because so much of it is about building soil structure yeah. and compost. Once you've got really good base, you can do pretty much anything all year round here in the subtropics. Um, so it's really about how much the clients want to be involved. I get a lot of families because they want their kids to also learn. Um, we're lucky we live in an area where there's a lot of kids that have gardens at school yeah. and kids are so interested in it and they love it and they love the bees and the chickens and the whole story. Mm. Um, so I just make sure that they're really ready to, to invest in this because it's a, it's a lifestyle. It's yeah. not, I want to have a cute garden and it will be cutesy and cool. It's That's part of it and you can definitely have that, <laughs> but it's so much work and it's, and it's just experience and trial yeah. and error and just doing it. But if I'm there to kind of support them through it, they just feel a lot more confident that they can have it and they can do it. Yeah. What are some of the, you know, when somebody says, I just want it to look cute and, you know, can you come and do it for me? Mm. Is that a is that an okay question? Is that an okay thing to want? Or it do is. you kind of need to share that experience with them till they learn or something? Well, I love passing on knowledge and mm. I think, we both do and that's so much of our work is it's not just like we have a business and we want to make a profit it's like we're both doing it mm. for a higher purpose and it's for nature mm. and it's for the the goodness of this planet and the earth and the world that we live in it's not just singular and from what I want or what any of us want as a small person and I think the more we can pass on the knowledge um like I want my clients to be at a point where they don't need to call me anymore yeah. because the more they know, the more I can then be free to teach other people and go on and go on and go on. So that's just what I yeah, that's amazing. do. I love that as, yeah. a, as a mission, as a vision. I think that's really, really admirable. Yeah. I say to people like, I don't, I want you to not have to need me eventually. Mm. I want no, my, if my phone doesn't call because everyone knows what they're doing. Awesome. Like that, <laughs> that's a good thing. I yeah. think. Um, so I'm, I'm just looking around, I'm taking in the ambience and I'm looking at the gardens. I can see nasturtiums flowering. I can see the, the vegetable patch happening over here. Where at the moment are you finding the bees, uh, active? Is there like, is, is it in the veggie patch at this time of year? Is there anything that, um, I can be planting at home mm. that can be helping my bees out, um, in my backyard? There's definitely a winter flow happening around this area at the moment. I'm not sure what it is, but at my house, I was working on the veranda and these three massive trees um, were just covered in flowers and bees and it was just so loud mm. and vibrating the whole day. I'd love to know what tree it is, but yeah. I don't. <laughs> but, Come around and have a yeah, look. Yeah, please. Um, yeah, like I think at the moment it's natives. So after the winter equinox, yep. um, the shortest day of the yep. year. Which we're past now, yeah. Which we've just passed. Yep. That's when all the natives start flowering. So oh. it's like rainforest season. So the honey that we harvest in summer that is coming from this time is usually a lot darker and yep. a lot richer and like sort of more earthy. It's coming from um, lots of macadamia flowers and also lots of native rainforest flowers. So yep. Grevilleas, calistamins, rice flowers, they are all flowering really, really nice at the moment and they look beautiful. And what's really great about how that season works for bees is now the veggie gardens, there's not heaps of flowers. Like a lot of calendulas, marigolds, nasturtiums are all flowering really well. Nasturtiums are just the go-to, aren't they? Oh, they, just, man. They, they flower non-stop. You just 
chuck seed somewhere yeah. and they go. Yeah. Like they're the easiest thing, but you've got to make sure you got space. Yeah, they just take they just over, don't they? Everything. Yeah. But um, natives, if you have, if you plant some natives in your garden, um, wherever you can, it gives bees a chance to just constantly be having something to munch on rather yep. than in summer and spring when all the flowers are crazy in our veggie gardens it's um this is the time where the trees are all Start starting to, to set off. seed and um yeah. yeah you just you look up and you just have a look at what's in flower and um go with that yeah. go to your local nursery as well they always put everything that's flowering at the front so when you walk in everything looks so beautiful because the flowers are there you know that that's a really good time to plant. To, that's going to be flowering now. Yep. And then maybe in three or four months, go back to the nursery and what's flowering at that time. And then do it again. Like go to the nursery four times With a in different and seasons. Take notes. Yeah. <laughs> take notes. Yeah. And then you're not just going to have a beautiful flowering garden once a yep. year. You're going to have a consistent flow. Um, so that's what I recommend is just going often in all the four seasons so that you've got a variety of flowers always coming on. Yeah. And that's a key thing to consider for planting for bees, just having yeah. forage available as many right. months of the yeah. year. Yeah. And also yeah. trees, um, you know, they obviously take a long time to establish, but once they do, like, it's just incredible the amount Thousands. of forage they can create. Yeah. Yeah. Um, sorry, I, I just had one on that. I was, I'm, I'm mesmerised by what I'm seeing underneath. We're all underneath. looking at the trees um, now, like, wow. So we've got native beehives and we've got European beehives. At this time of the year, we're past the winter equinox, the winter solstice, yep. winter equinox, and they're starting to build back up. Um, of the two types of bees you've got here, which is the one that you maybe bee have found... Um, you know, at this time of year is, uh, you know, priming ready to go. They're starting to build back up. Is it the same for the native bees as it is for European bees after we go past that winter solstice that they start to build back up again? Or I wish I knew. I don't know relatively anything against um, the native, the European honeybee. Yeah. I'd like to do a little course on natives, mm. but I know that they're both colonies, um, but they've got some fundamental differences as well. So I couldn't, yeah, but yeah, yeah. I, I don't have any native beehives either. Maybe a better question then is, when are you noticing the flow in terms of honey? In Do you do you tap, do you get any honey from the native beehive or is it just purely for you, pollination? Yeah, you do get honey and you get propolis, which is like a super medicinal kind of honey. Usually like once a year, you would open a native hive if you're going to split it, you can split it or you can take stuff out of it. But generally, they're not the same as the Europeans where you can take a lot of honey from them because they're so small. Um, and I've noticed in winter they are quite quiet. Mm. They hibernate a lot. They stay inside their little box that's so warm in there. And it's not until the sun really hits mm. the hive. About a half an hour after the sun's been on there, they'll start to come mm. out. They're re really slow. It looks like mm. they're really dopey or sleepy <laughs> yeah it's really cute and they come out and they don't go really far <laughs> they're and like they, in slow motion yeah, yeah and they only go about 500 meters from the hive yeah. so they are you know they have such a shorter distance but now the flow hive it's just been pumping yeah, yeah. Really. like they have the been going flow. yeah just that's the winter flow and my my bees at home um they've been bringing in a lot and i've noticed that they are storing honey Wow. Yeah, and the, you know when there's a flow on because the, the traffic at the front of the hive is just insane. Yeah. Mm. In and out. Yeah. yeah. Great. So cool. 
So it's been a really remarkable journey. And I think, you know, some of the things you guys were saying, you know, before we turn the mics on is that you, you kind of consider this the start of your journey. And even after three years for you, Bianca, like it's, 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 it's just the beginning. Yeah. So at the start, you know, you start the, start your journey and, oh, this is exciting. There's so much to learn. Bees are so quirky. I've read a few books. Wow. Then, I got this. Yeah, I got, I got this. I've seen a bee. <laughs> bee I've, yeah. I've got a hive. They haven't died. I'm sweet. Yeah. I'm what are you talking about? Um, Queen of the bees. And then, and then this hump happens where you get over this hump. It happened for me when I went to Appamondia in Montreal last year through work, uh, through flow. And, and then I come back and I know nothing. Mm. <laughs> and, but it's great. It's a beautiful thing. And, um, yeah, there's so much more to explore and different areas in order to support bees, um, particularly in the current climate, global climate and things for the future. So, yeah, I know I won't be bored for my lifetime. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and that's it. It's never ending, is it? Yeah. Like there's always something to learn. I, I never feel I'm going to get to a place where I go, I know everything about everything. Mm. Like... There's always something new coming up and it's the mm-hmm. same with the bees, like everything with nature, because we're never in control. Like it's this thing that exists yeah. and we try to kind of mold it to the way we would like it to be. But at the end of the day, yeah. we're not and in be, control. To be the best beekeeper, it's all about understanding bee behavior and mm. supporting that. That's my biggest thing wow. I, mm. I love. Um, and yeah, because yeah, and the more you kind of... Um, become in tune with your bees it's just the 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 window into understanding more of the natural world and that's why it's so romantic and lovely that's amazing (laughs) yeah you you do you feel planted in the ground yeah and it's we're we're animals and we're we're part of it and it's just like reminding ourselves of that you guys have got so many things going on here one last question i think i've got um is where to next what happens next here at harvest what happens with the bees what happens with you and your your consulting stuff is there a, a goal or, or is it just more of the same and see where it goes? Go with the flow. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> no one's I ever think... made that pun before, no, I'm guessing. Exactly. <laughs> yeah, wow. Yeah. So clever. <laughs> um, we've, B and I have talked a lot about just working together. Like yeah. that's something that we are both sort of striving forward. So I guess the more we can refer each other and do this together, we could one day yeah do an amazing project together or like we both have the same intentions for nature we just want to help the bees and help the soil and improve what is around us so working together for me is something I would love to do more Mm. and obviously I really want to increase my knowledge of bees in general Mm. and keeping the hive happy and healthy so that exchange of knowledge yeah, it's it's um a huge win-win between us, and I just love to continue learning and see how as it, how it evolves and becoming more part of my natural environment and embedded in that. Um, and I don't know, yeah, continue learning. I haven't yeah. really thought about it, but I just yeah. love helping people and and then th- giving them the bug that I've caught, and then together yeah. we can all yeah so true have a massive smile and just do good because everyone that i really work with they just they just i want to help the bees and so it's like i'll help you help the bees (laughs) (laughs) and then by learning about the bees you learn about so much more and then that's just a ripple effect of so much other things yeah yeah. awesome (laughs) um thank you so much for your time today guys it's been really amazing. Like you've you've really been inspiring, and all the work you've done here is is really incredible. Thank so you. you should be really proud. Like Thanks. it's amazing. Thanks for having.
Yeah. I've got one terrible joke for you. <laughs> okay. Um, <laughs> Get ready. Get ready. You thought my pun was bad? Yeah. yeah well, I, I was almost not going to say it after oh. you said that. How does how do bees get to school? How? On the school buzz. <laughs> They're really, really bad. I got a list, list of bad ones. Yeah. Thank you so much for your time today, guys. Uh, we'll we'll uh, definitely let everyone know about all the wonderful work you're doing here. But you know, we really appreciate it. So thank you very much. Thanks for listening. Please support the show by rating us on your podcast app, subscribing, and sharing with a friend. To get honey, hives, or your hive serviced, contact Benjamin Jury on Instagram at The Humble Hive Collective. Special thanks to Rob Peters for the creative, voiceover, and sound design on our special edition episode ads. Find out more about Rob by visiting robpeters.org. Artwork by Gene Heaton. Podcast produced by me, Jai Smith, who you can find at Jai Smith on Instagram and Twitter, or connect with us on Facebook at Your Good Get Better, the home for all our creative work.